Hi, welcome to another edition of ProBline. I'm your host, Reed Howey. Uh, ProBline is brought to you with the generous, well, uh, with the generous support of an annual grant from the good folks at the thrift shop who make this and other programs available here on Grassroots. Uh, we're hoping to provide you the opportunity to get to know the candidates who want to run for elected office a little bit better. And today we're being joined by Tori, who would like to uh, serve as the next, uh, are you running for councilor mayor? I'm running for mayor. Uh, next Again. mayor of Aspen. Six um, is a charm, they say. Is it? Yeah, it's twice as good as three, so I mean. Well, uh, that's true, and three times as good as two. <laughs> thank you. Um, but anyway, welcome. Here's Tori. Tori, thank you for joining <laughs> it's us. It's a pleasure. Uh, good to meet you. You and as well. We don't know each other, so I wanted to find out a little bit more about you, and, and I have to admit, I'm curious how it is you ended up with one name. All right, let's start with that. Um, I'll, tr I'll make it quick because I could take a half hour show itself perhaps. When uh, my mother was pregnant with me, my parents were looking for a name, Troy, Trevor, Courtney, different things, nothing really fit. So um, I was born with them having not decided. They put my father's name on my birth certificate because I was born in 1969 and uh, then you couldn't, you didn't have a grace period to name your child. You couldn't leave the hospital without naming it. So uh, Ronald Wayne Moranian III is on my birth certificate. I'm proudly half Armenian. Um, but again, that was just uh, kind of a temporary name to get me home. About a week after I was born, um, uh, my dad actually got inspiration from the Tory party in England. Um, and... He exclaimed, Diane, I think I've, it's Tori, Tori, that's what we've been thinking. And she agreed and was like, you're absolutely right. Tori is what, it, what it, we were thinking of. They ended up spelling it T-O-R-R-E. Um, so I'd been nicknamed Tori since I was one week old. It's been the name I've always gone by. And uh, one of the things I always say is that my grandparents on my father's side, even they called me Tori, um, which was interesting. They were somewhat conservative and stuff, but they called me Tori and that was my name. And uh, I changed it years later in California when I was about 21 years old, uh, and then legally again when I was living here in Aspen. So all documentation, all reference to me is just one word. It is Tory. That is my full... That's how you get to sign a check. Full and, legal name. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. It, 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 it's, it's been interesting. You know, uh, I, I, I don't know that I recommend it to anybody. It, it, it's, it's filled with questions as you go through life. Um, but, it, but it has been an interesting perspective, especially internationally. Uh, when I travel internationally, it's, uh, it's a great source of conversation, and, and people are very curious right. about it. Well, and I would think it caused, well, let's not get stuck here, but having a passport yes. that has just one yes. word on it yes. is unusual. And, and not always uh, accepted. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I've had to uh, clear through customs through a, a supervisor's office many a time. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Well, where did, where did you grow up then? I grew up in Florida. I was born in Silver Spring, Maryland, outside of D.C. Yeah. Uh, my, my father still lives in uh, D.C., uh, in the Fort Stevens area, right by Silver Spring, uh, near where I was born. I grew up in Florida, though, primarily St. Petersburg, Florida. I attended school at Florida State University for a few years studying psychology. Transferred to uh, Gainesville, uh, the community college in UF there, and started studying fine art, um, and then ended up... Uh, uh, leaving school because I was actually selling artwork and making a living as an artist. Um, and painter? I just, 
photographer, uh, sculptor? Mixed media for the most part. Um, you know, painting obviously is, is an easy art form to do. So uh, yeah, I did a lot of painting. I did a lot of graphic design. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, I ended up, uh, when I first came out to Colorado actually to move, I actually uh, ended up getting into steel sculpture down in Denver. Um, but, but really, you know, my college years and uh, my early professional years were in art. So what, what do you do now for a living? Uh, I teach tennis. I've taught tennis for about the last 20 years uh, here in the Valley. I've been playing since I was five years old. Um, uh, I was, a, I was a, a good tennis player, but growing up in Florida, the competition was, you know, amazing. Uh, so I, I didn't pursue it after my first year of college. And uh, then when I got out here, I was working at the Snowmass Club, and Todd Grange, the, the head pro there, saw me hitting a ball one day, and... Uh, he said, what are you doing? Why don't you teach tennis? So you were out there, you were working there, but not as a tennis Correct. person. And so I was hitting, hitting the ball around with my buddy Shane, and, um, and Todd said, you know, you, you, you might want to think about doing this. And he, he, he mentored me, and he taught me really how to teach uh, as, as, as a method goes um, in, in tennis. But I also was a snowboard instructor, so kind of movement analysis is what, is what my uh, forte is. So... Uh, that's kind of the strength of my coaching. Yeah. So you still do that? And, I do. And on a, uh, I do. Do you still teach snowboarding in the I winter? I do not. No, or? no, not in the winter. I, I really have been doing t uh, tennis year-round. Yeah. Uh, right now, if I'm going to do lessons, I'm out at the Snowmass Club. I, I was at the Aspen Club for a dozen years. Um, and, and, and I fill in my winters with other work as well. I'm right. a sound engineer. I do live sound um, so I do a little bit of that, and I, I help fill in for friends that own businesses in town. Yeah. Now, when did you get here, and how did you get here? 93. Mm -hmm. um, I had visited a few times. Again, my, my good friend Shane Smith, who lives out in Snowmass Village, still lives here. Uh, met him at Florida State in college. Came out and visited a few times when he lived here. Um, but it was a, a drive-through in the summer that, that made me stay. I actually came in... Uh, uh, driving cross country, San Francisco to New York, and I stopped in for a couple days to see Shane, say hi. I arrived uh, in the evening. I woke up the next day to just one of the most beautiful days I'd ever seen in my whole life. Uh, the air was was uh, crisp and it just just breathing was wonderful. I I look outside; it's a blue sky. Shane comes in and he says, uh, "Hey, would you like to?" play tennis, go golfing, horseback riding, fishing on the river, maybe rafting this afternoon. What would you like to do? I was like, are you serious? I, yeah, it's I, too much choice. I was like, I want to move here. And sure enough, I was actually supposed to stay three days. I stayed one day, and I left the next day and, and went home, packed my things, and moved to Aspen. Wow. And I fell in love with the place. Uh, it, you know, the, the, the place itself is an amazing natural resource, but uh, the people that I met... Um, we're talking about 1993, 92, and the community that was here then uh, was was super supportive and, and loving and friendly and um, exciting. Uh, there was a lot of opportunity, um, so it was, it was a really it was a really fun community and a really uh, interesting community. I wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. Well, you said that in the past tense. Do you feel like that's changed? Uh, yeah, I, I, I do think it's changed. Yeah. You know, I. I I think there's still uh, opportunity. I think it's still an exciting place. Um, I still, I still think some of the people that are here are fantastic, um, but it has changed. We've seen an inf influx of, uh, you know, 
more of the same. I'm not going to be one of those that claims, oh, the changes I've seen. And it goes back to, geez, you know, ever since uh, we started developing Aspen in a modern way, I'd have to say. But yeah, you know, it has changed a little bit. I think money and and, uh, modern cost of living is having an impact on us. Yeah. So since you, you teach a lot of tennis, you're interested in politics, what do you do to relax? I, I still do art. I love to paint. Um, I, I can't do steel sculpture in my home, but uh, yeah. that's, my, that's actually my favorite is steel sculpture. But I still paint. I do art. Um, and I love to play music. Uh, I'm up on the hill a couple times a week, so I'm still snowboarding as much as I can. And uh, yeah, I have a great time. What kind of music do you, or what kind of instrument do you play? I play a little, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm bad at just about all instruments, um, but I love to play guitar and sing. Mm-hmm. Primarily that's, you know, sharing songs. Uh, I, I love to, in my house, I have a, uh, in my living room, I have a small PA system, which is the equipment that it takes to make music together, right? Mm-hmm. So my favorite thing to do is have friends come over and just put them on different instruments and, I have microphones and we just make music and we write songs spontaneously and, um, you know, the, the, the essence of a jam session. Do you ever go to uh, open mic night at the Red Onion? No, I, you know, I, I've made a fool out of myself once or twice. I don't, I, I really, it's not my ambition to be a performer or to entertain. It's really uh-huh. something that I, I do for fun and enjoy with my friends. That's great. So, yeah, it's... Aspen's changed, some for the better, I suppose, some for the worse. What do, what do you think some of the greatest changes have been? Well, community. I think the greatest change for me is, is community and maybe how we treat each other. Yeah. Um, before we started rolling tape here, we were talking about some of those old ethics about, um, you know, just a real support for locals, not necessarily um, just just bowing to uh, the dollars that are brought in and the tourism that's brought in. Uh, I, I feel like there's a little less, um, uh, not necessarily pride, but, but uh, uh, respect for our legacy and a vision for the future. You know, I, 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 that's, what I, that's what I think I, I miss the most. Yeah. Is that what's motivating you to run or what, what motivates you to be the mayor? That, that's a big part. I, I do see community uh, healing and bonding as a, as a big mission for us. I, I think uh, we can get a lot more done and be a lot more effective as a community uh, if, if we start building those bridges. Um, but, you know, my interest is across the board. I see a lot of areas that we can make improvement. I mean, I, I'm uh, definitely an environmentalist at heart. So one of the things that I've seen that's that's missing is uh, continued progress. In, in my eight years, I served two years on city council, 2003 to 2007 and 2009 to 2013. And some of the things that I'm most proud of are, are getting a, a mandated or a recycling service in all of Aspen, right? So we did that in the, in the first term. In the second term, uh, we banned the plastic bag from our grocery stores using them. Uh, but since then, I really haven't seen much momentum forward. What we need now uh, is a citywide compost program. Forty uh, percent of uh, residential and commercial construction material withstanding, 40 percent of what we send to our landfill is actually compostable material. Um, not only that, but the, the, the Pitkin County landfill actually makes money off of the compostable materials that are brought there and turned into uh, good topsoil and fertilizer. So we're missing a great opportunity environment. 
uh, in the housing program. I, I think I've seen uh, our city not just sitting on its hands and not making action towards some resolve there, but um, actually the situation's gotten worse in housing. I uh, just attended an APSHA meeting uh, the other day and with city council and um, you know, it's a program that's in a lot of turmoil right now, and, and that's worrisome for me for, for a program that is such a vital part of our community and such a great asset. So, I, you know, that's an issue that's close to my heart. Through this campaign, though, i got to tell you, I, I, I've talked to so many people that have their own concerns, and there's so many things that seem to be getting uh, left off the table and left behind. Um, and a council that's been, that's been really typified by changing direction, uh, on a lot of things, uh, whether it was uh, six years ago and, and uh, the power plant reversal where they went down a two-year process and then at the end just to uh, throw up their hands in, in, in the face of a lawsuit. I, I thought that just was the, the beginning of a lot of things that have gone the wrong way. The I, I have trouble keeping my power plant straight. There's a hydropower plant and then there's the when, old power plant. Yes, yeah. the, old, the old power plant when, uh, right. when the museum was vacating and uh, they took proposals for what to do with it. Um, they, they encouraged and followed a, a, an applicant about a year and a half down the road and then uh, neighbors or a few neighbors made some comments about a lawsuit and the city reversed direction. And, and like I said, that was, that's just one from six years ago, but there's been a litany of them I could go through from the mobility uh, lab that has been discarded to uh, childcare uh, facilities that were getting their start uh, through a citizens committee that was dumped 18 months ago and looking into to expanding our facilities. Uh, in that in that way, I, I, there, there's just a, there's a list of maybe ten or twelve. So, my compulsion to run for mayor again is really based on the fact that I don't see it being done well. And, I, and I've always said, you know, if I thought that somebody was in office doing it well, I, I wouldn't run for mm -hmm. office. But I really see a, a need for change right now, and a change for leadership, and a new direction in City Hall. We've just gotten rid of the. Uh, uh, city manager and assistant city manager. So that's a challenge, but also an opportunity. And one of the things that I think I bring to the table that my opponents do not is the ability to see a better way to organize City Hall to work better for our citizenry and to support city staff better. That's something that I, I think that I can make a, a very noticeable change in uh, immediately. Well, and, you know, for the most part, uh, City Hall is surrounded and occupied by people of goodwill, you know, and then, but how do you get them, you know, you're coming in and saying we can be more cooperative, we can move forward and, and whatnot, but how do you go about doing that? Because th there's the kind of, of, of a whole bunch of people who really want the best for Aspen. I, I, you know, and I agree with that. I, I, we are so fortunate here, um, you know, uh, I've said for for many years, one of the things I love about Aspen is that uh, it, it it weeds out the non-desirables pretty quickly. You know, if you're if you don't have community ethic here, you're probably not going to last that long. So mm -hmm. I agree with you. We do have a lot of great people. I'm also glad that you asked this question because it's the first time in this campaign that that it's come up. And what are the specifics about what's what's to do? Well, the first thing is that the organization of City Hall needs to change. Um, so. As we all talk about, we have a manager-strong form of city government. Yeah. Well, that's not actually that accurate. It is still the charge of the mayor and the city council for oversight on that office. 
The city manager di uh, directly reports to the city council. So the first thing we need to do is, is get that relationship healed and uh, to be more collaborative. Uh, there's just been a lack of oversight that's happened from the council table. That's number one. Number two is that uh, the process that the city council has been utilizing uh, is something called the uh, annual top 10 goals. So what's been going on in our city hall is that our city council has been um, utilizing a system where they identify 10 things. Now, uh, this city council actually stopped their list at nine. Um, I'm not really sure why. I think my list goes to 20. Um, but we've been focusing on these 10 items instead of departmentally focusing our efforts and our goals. So what we've seen is... Um, what does that mean? So the, so the city is divided into different departments. Yeah. If it's streets departments, if it's the housing, uh, parks and rec. Um, and the city, the city council has been somewhat self-limiting themselves by choosing 10 goals. Uh, transportation initiatives and the mobility lab being one. And, and, and they're not broad. They're not just like housing. We want to do something about It's something specific in housing. So it's been a very limiting process. It, 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 it's very much kind of limited the scope and the work of city council. How this has affected us directly right now is what you're going to hear from uh, uh, one of the mayoral candidates that's currently on council is that uh, city outreach hasn't been doing a good job. Why have they had all these failed processes? Because city outreach hasn't, hasn't been good. Well, s outreach is our council and our mayor talking to the citizenry and listening to them and bringing that back to the table. That's outreach. We've got so many layers uh, of bureaucracy. You know, there's a, uh, there's a quote that uh, we have no leaders now we have a bureaucracy with a life all its own. Hmm. That's actually a quote from Tom Benton in 1970 here in, about Aspen. And it's, uh, it, it, it's not still true, it's true again. You know, I think we've had some great leadership in City Hall over the years since 1970, um, but I don't think we've seen that in, in the last six or eight years. Um, and I definitely bring, bring forth the 18 years of experience in city issues and city, city politics. I ran for mayor first time 18 years ago. Um, and then I have the last six years where I've been able to watch and see what we've done well over the last 18 years and see what we've really done wrong in the last six years. And that's why, you know, I think that it's time for new leadership. And what I bring is a, is a fresh perspective, but with experience. Mm -hmm. Interesting, because in, on the one hand, it, it's we have the 10 list, which... Some would say, well, that focuses us on certain things to be able to accomplish goals, but, but you also mentioned that we seem disconnected from the people we serve, we being this, this city. I, I, yes, um, but I'll take that even a step further. You know, the, the way that I see representative government going is that you elect your council and your mayor. The citizenry then gives them input they transfer that to the city manager's office, who then proposes how it's implemented through right. our resources and city staff. Right. Well, then that communication chain is supposed to go back the other way as well. Message received. This is what we're doing. 
That goes to the city manager. City manager then reports to the city council. Here's where we are with these things that you've talked about. Yeah. And then the city council goes back to the citizenry and says, here's what we heard from you in the beginning. This is what we're doing now. And we want to know what you think about our direction. Right. That's that chain of communication is just not happening and it's broken. To be more specific about what I talk about, when I was on city council, I advocated for departmental meetings with the city council. Um, uh, you know, we're somewhere around 10 to 12, depending on what year you're in of department heads and, and things like that. So, so we could take two meetings a year with each department to be very clear about where we are with our goals and our processes. Again, just over the last two months of attending city council meetings, I've been informed of th three different processes, different initiatives that this council has started and backed away from, canceled, etc. That's just in the last two months. There's a list of maybe 10 over the last six years. Mm -hmm. I, we just can't keep doing that. We, we've got to try a different method. And, uh, and I, I am offering that method. You know, the, the term is two years for mayor, and I'm really, this is a job interview, and I'm asking for uh, a two-year trial period on this. And I, I'm making promises to get done the things that I'm putting forth in this campaign. Very specific ideas in my platform. Yeah. Well, but you, you sort of what you're talking about is that the, um, the council is, is bouncing around a bit. Um, and then as a solution, it would be meeting with department heads. I mean, it, 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 I'm trying to see the link. And, and, and you can also see this notion of the Home Rule Charter says it is a council manager form. And the manager manages the bureaucracy, including organizing those departments to be able to provide information Absolutely. to the council. I, I'm not talking about micromanaging. Yeah. I'm talking about communication. Okay. Uh, I'm talking about what I've seen lacking in, in, in how we are governing and how we are getting uh, representation to happen correctly. And, and, and I'm not just throwing this out there. All you got to do is look at the news. All you got to do is look at the track record, the voting record uh, of the city council, of my opponents. It speaks plainly. I'm just putting it in terms of what our solutions are and how we're going to move forward. You know, I, my intention, and, and, and I will be successful in reinvigorating dialogue within City Hall and reconnecting our community to City Hall. Okay. <laughs> well, and that's, that's, a, that's process. It is. You're, you know, that's how you move an organization that's right. to be effective. And, but I'm curious what... what your notion, what your values are for the community coming into this position. I mean, what there's open communication, but you know, what what kind of what do you stand for? You know, what are you willing to sacrifice some political capital for, or get in trouble, or? Uh, you know, I'm I'm supportive of of locals, and what I say is the Aspen ethic. You know, the the, the reason that I moved here, the reason that so many people are a part of this community, and, and truly the strength of our community. Um, uh, again, environment is something that's a tenet of all belief uh, system for me in decision making. Uh, I'm a slow growth advocate. I believe in our carrying capacity uh, being limited in our valley, and we need to be respectful of that. Um, transportation initiatives uh, in order to reduce congestion and, and quality of life issues. 
uh, are, is something that's important to me to, to fix for this community. Um, I, I believe that Aspen is a, a place of innovation uh, where we need to once again uh, inculcate or educate our guests into what our beliefs are, uh, that we have respect for each other. Uh, you know, uh, these ethics that, that this place has been founded on, uh, you know, housing is, is definitely uh, something that we're looking to create community through. You know, I'm not, I'm not an advocate for a free house for everybody kind of thing, but there's certain things that are important to maintaining what, what Aspen is about. And, you know, that's my viewpoint. I know that there's other people that don't share that. I know that there's a lot of people here that, um, you know, do believe in Aspen as somewhat of a, a, a money maker, um, a place to make your fortune. Um, but I think there's a lot more important things that go on in life, and especially here in Aspen. Yeah. But how are you going to do that? I mean, the the to be to be honest, the, 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 these are these are things that we can agree on. Uh, yeah. So many of us, you know, we'd like to house more of the community in the community. We'd like it to be environmentally more friendly. We yes. worry about it being yes. overgrown. Well, it's called but, leadership and decision but, making. Yeah, the rubber the, gets to the road these, and. No, I'm not reinventing the wheel. You're exactly right. The ideas that I'm talking about here are things that have been tenants of this community for a long time. The sad part is that these are things and ideas uh, and innovations that are sitting on the books that are dying under our current leadership. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't stress that enough. Uh, we, we talk about, if you want to just talk about um, some of the uh, more esoterics, uh, uh, community, community health, mental health, how do you get your community to be healthier? Well, one way is that you stick to the process that was started a long time ago, which was using a, uh, a dashboard as a, as a measurement system in the city. Well, the city started working on this, and then they, they dismissed it after a year. Uh, after a year of actually working on it with the county, and this council has walked away from a dashboard, which is an indicator of what you should even be fixing. So uh, I appreciate you saying that, that oftentimes goals can be lofty and, and, and not backed up with hard uh, actions or, or ideas. But, but there, are, there is a multitude of ideas that are actually sitting out there in the queue but are not being acted on. So I am offering bringing leadership and action to this role. Uh, the, the part about governance and getting City Hall to work well, well, that's step one because that's yeah. the challenge that faces us immediately. But you can't make any progress on the rest of these goals unless your City Hall is running uh, appropriately. And communication is the base of that. Okay. Still excited about running? I, I, absolutely. I, it's, I love Aspen. My passion for this community is, is uh, unmatched. And... I see so much opportunity. I can see us being more proud of who we are and what we represent. And, and again, I'm asking for a two-year term in order to implement that. And, and I give you my promise to succeed. Okay. We're just about out of time. And I really appreciate uh, getting to know you a little bit today. And I hope it's been helpful for, for people and, I do too. and for you. And, I do too. Um, with that, I want to thank everyone for... Tuning in, this is another, this concludes another edition of ProBlind. We hope it's been helpful and thanks for watching.